0: Welcome to the North Shore Vineyard Audio Podcast. I'm Crispin Schroeder. Today on the podcast, we're continuing with our season of looking at how we connect to God, specifically through worship. Last week's message was created to worship, and this one is called Responding to God. Basically, today we're going to be looking at some of the hindrances that that keep us from entering into worship with God in, in a truly Christian sense. And so we're going to kind of look at some ideas about God that have really come from religions outside of Christianity, and, but yet their mentality has seemed to persist in a lot of ways that Christians approach worship. So I'm, I'm hoping that this talk will maybe help you when you seek to worship God and help, help you get free so you can be in a relationship with God. So, here we go to the talk. This was recorded January 23rd at our Saturday night service. Thanks for listening.
1: Kind of taking the analogy of, of gardening that I think too often people misunderstand the spiritual life and, and kind of try to make it happen. And really, you know, the real the good stuff, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, That the, what the what Paul calls the fruit of the spirit, that doesn't really come from us. And it's kind of a, an organic process, so to speak. So we're, uh, the idea behind this kind of series that we're looking into this year of life connected is, is how we can be connected to God, how we can be connected to Christian community, how can we be connected to the culture around us? And then the final one is, is going deeper in our own hearts. And, uh, and I believe when that happens, that good things happen in our lives. We start seeing, God's uh, Spirit come forth in our lives. So the first three months this year, we're, we're looking at how we can connect with God. So uh, I started off last week with uh, talking about worship. And so we did this little thing called created worship. And so last week, I gave a little working definition of worship. It's certainly not a textbook definition, but at least if you, if you use this definition, it will give you an indication of where you worship or who you worship or what you worship. Uh, The idea we talked about last week was that every human being worships, whether you are an atheist or not, or, you know, whether you show up at church, you you will worship. It's just something that humans do, like music and like art, creativity. It's part of being human. But unfortunately, a lot of people take the worship that was meant for God, and they apply it to things like uh, success or their job or relationship or sex or money, status And so um, tonight I'm going to kind of dig a little bit deeper into worship, and this is kind of part two of Created to Worship. And um, I just want to start with kind of looking at uh, a—I don't have any cool segue to get into this, but um, so there it is. Uh, I want to start with kind of looking at ancient religions, you know, the ancient Near East, kind of what would be modern-day Iraq and Iran— Uh, that's where we see some of the oldest religions in the world. And they have some kind of common things uh, in these religious beliefs that developed out there. A lot of them kind of persist in the world today. And honestly, I think whether you subscribe to pantheism or not, and I don't see too many people, pantheism being a belief in a whole lot of gods, Uh, I don't meet a whole lot of people who believe that, but regardless of whether you do or not, I believe that the ideas in these fundamental religions kind of influence a lot of the way we approach one God, and and the and they affect the way we kind of tend to approach Christianity in some um, ways. So I want to look at a couple of common views from ancient world religions, and and this is going to go somewhere. So stick with me. Number one, and you, uh, everybody got an outline thing in here? Okay. Well, if you need a bulletin, uh, Mike's got them there, and it's got some places for notes so you can follow along. I, I typed it without much coffee in my blood, so there may be. Um, some typos, so hang there with me. Um, but a few common views of ancient world religions were, number one, a lot of gods. You got gods for everything. Gods and goddesses are many. Secondly, gods and goddesses aren't necessarily good. If, you, if you've ever – did you have to study Greek mythology in grade school or anything before anybody? Um, you don't get this sense that, that looking at, you, you know, the different gods, whether it's Athena or – Zeus or whatever you don't get the sense That they're intrinsically good it's more like Watching a soap opera it's it's kind of like It depends where you are in the scene They're you know they're good they're bad you pick you you Catch these gods on a good day things are good But but they they they're not Like what we would refer To as intrinsically kind of good Um And so the gods In these religions uh not just Ancient greek mythology but The other religions that sprung out around The middle east at the uh thousands of years ago, uh, their gods were capricious, jealous, angry, and because of that, there was a type of thinking as relating to gods that kind of developed. The third thing that you can notice about the, the views of ancient world's religion is that the world is bad and humans are insignificant. Um, if you look at the creation myths of of a lot of cultures in the ancient Near East, uh, even stuff that sprang up in, in a lot of Greek belief is that this created world is really a bad place it's 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 a it's a mistake uh, some religions put it that you know it, a couple of gods were in a fight and subsequently the earth was formed you know there's there's the uh, a view that kind of really developed into gnosticism in the second and third century that that basically the world was created by a lesser deity not a good one and uh, so anything in the physical world is bad well this is a belief that sprung up from Ancient times, the world is bad, humans are insignificant, so humans are basically on the fringes of everything there there's no real intrinsic worth to them. Um, the fourth thing you can see in these religions is that humans must appease the gods. Um, now think of this if you were uh if I was using one, one thing, I'm kind of using this analogy of gardening, and I made my resolution a few weeks ago that this year, I'm, I i don't know anything about gardening, but I'm going to I'm gonna be a gardener this year. I'm, I'm going to grow fresh vegetables in my yard. But if I was living a couple thousand years ago in the ancient Near East, it wasn't that simple. It wasn't just like going down to feed and seed and figuring out what kind of seeds we needed to plant and what we needed to do to the soil. It was a matter of, well, you got to do that stuff first, but then you got to... Go offer a sacrifice to the goddess of fertility because you want your ground to be fertile. And then you got to think, oh wait, I need to offer something to the god of, of rain. Oh man, it's been kind of overcast lately. I better remember the god of sun. And after a while, y- you see where this could kind of get a little insecure as a human being. Like, like, y- did I leave somebody out? <laughs> uh, the crop starts going bad. Oh, I forgot to offer something to the god of roundup, and uh, I need, I need. The weeds cursed or something, and and you get into this real insecure place where you never know: have I offered, uh, have I appeased enough of the gods? Have I got them off my back? Have I got them to do what I need them to do? And so, uh, it, it wasn't a, a great place to be. But you, you ever find that people kind of bring this thinking into their Christianity sometimes, um, even with God. And the, and fifth thing, and and I'll get there in a minute. Um, the fifth thing is. There's no relationship between humans and the gods. I mean, other than than offering these these rituals and stuff, there was no sense that you could have like a relationship with the gods, like 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 I could hang out with Jeremy and we could, you know, ha- have a relationship. There was no sense like you could relate to the divine that way. It's pretty much you appease them, get them on your side. That's the extent of your relationship with the gods now. I want to contrast this with the biblical narrative, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. So according to the biblical narrative, God is one. We don't, we don't worship the God of sun, the God of roundup, the God of fertility. We worship one God. He, he's it. Even in a Trinitarian sense, in, in Christianity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're they are on the same page. There's no, like, kind of soap opera going on between, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're, they're all one. They're they are together. Um, second thing is, uh, contrasted with the, the, the views of these ancient religions, um, God is good. These other religions, God wasn't intrinsically good. He's good some days, bad some days, uh, if you caught him before his coffee. Uh, but the opening of Genesis, we see it starts with a good God, and then he creates a good world, and he creates humans uh, on purpose see see that's that's a big difference here. you know God actually intended something when he created the world, he actually intended something when he created people and he, and it was good it it didn't start in a bad place. the story starts in a good place while the world sees evil as kind of uh, the, you know, while some of these old religions see evil as kind of the, the result of either these gods fighting or just humans being, you know, bad on a bad planet that was created by a lesser deity, the Bible sees evil as the result of sin, sin systems. You know, even um, you can see that, uh, what was it, Paul even said in Romans 8, he said, you know, all creation groans and waits under the, you know, it's creation itself. is is subject to to the the sin. And basically sin was just just man was decided to to go outside of God's plans and and try it another way. And so things went out of harmony. And so the world's been in frustration ever since. And so that's why we see earthquakes and and hurricanes and horrible things. That's why we see all the evil things that are existing in human beings right now. So evil is a result of sin. Humans are basically good initially. Now now we live in a world that is is scarred by that. The fourth thing that you can know contrasting these two views is that humans can, in fact, have a relationship with God. God loves the world, and actually initiates a rescue plan personally. I love this. We talked about this uh, a few weeks back, but God comes to Abraham, and he he starts this whole rescue plan relationally. He starts with one person, and uh, unlike the other religions, the God of the Bible is neither aloft or aloof. He's not capricious. He's not jealous one day and angry the next day. He's good all the time, and he, he intends humans to be in relationship with him, and he's going to do anything to see that end come to pass. Now, looking at these two views, I, I want to uh, get some ramifications on worship. Put in your notes that worship is our response to who God is and what he has done. Now, I find that's not always the case when it comes to worship. I've been a lot of, around a lot of Christians over the years who have this very kind of pagan idea of what worship is, that it's just about appeasing God to get what I want. Like maybe if I sing these songs to God, maybe I'll get the cool car, <laughs> you know, maybe if i show up at the church and i drop a little extra in the, in the basket then maybe maybe like i'll please god enough that that you know he'll put a few more digits on the end of my check you know I, this idea that that god i just got to get him on my side well that that idea that's not from the bible that that's not a biblical thing second thing is we love god not because we are so good at loving, but because he first loved us. John, John 1, 4, 4 19 says, I mean, first John 4, John four nineteen. My dyslexia kicks in every now and then. says, we love because God first loved us. We don't love because we're like really good at loving, but we love because we begin to experience God's love. You may have noticed this in your life before. If you've, been, if you've, if you've received the love of God, all of a sudden, if you stay open to that, it, it actually begins to change you. It actually makes you into a little bit more loving person. Like, you you find that your capacity to love is is related to to receiving God's love. So we love not because we're good at it, not because we're trying to appease God, but we're simply responding to his love for us. See, we gather together weekly to celebrate, not so we can uh, get a relationship with God, but because we are in a relationship with God. See, some people got that all backwards. Like, like, if I go to church, if I give, if I serve, if I read enough books, if I read enough Bible, if I pray this amount of time a day, maybe God will like me then. <laughs> that's that's backwards. That's the thinking that comes from these old religions. It's not something from Christianity. We worship because we're in relationship with God. We give because we're in relationship with God. If you if you do any of these other things out of a different motivation, it's not going to do anything except you, make you just a religious jerk I can attest because I've, I've been that jerk for many years of my life Philippians 2 5 through 11 and we are going to try to get this up on the screen someday but you know uh, you, you can check it out in your Bible it's it's true we can't give you, you know I say something each week we can't give you everything all in one week you know or we wouldn't have anywhere to go so it is it's faith's fault And the the coffee not being ready on time, and anything else? (laughs) Philippians 2, 5 through 11, says this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. See, some of y'all didn't know that that song we're singing. That actually came out of the Bible. Pretty cool, huh? Okay. Um, it's in there. Um, There's no barriers in Christianity. There's no more barriers. I love this scripture. It it says that Jesus, Jesus actually laid aside his godness, so to speak, like like he gave up his access to that. And he just became a a human. He approached us on our own terms. He didn't do like, you know, Bette Midler's what was the song from a distance? God is watching us. Uh, I'm not going to go any farther with that. Because it sucks pretty bad right now. Um, but God didn't love us from a distance. He loved us like by, by moving into our... I love the way uh, Eugene Peters, Gene, Gene Peterson, Eugene, Eugene Peterson, the message translation, it says, God loved us. God uh, moved... In, the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. Like, like he, he moved into your block, your street. He, he, he got a regular job. He didn't go around... Playing the Jesus card, you know, like. I'm Jesus Christ, you know, God, you ever, you know, he he entered our world on our terms with all that that involves, you know, we, we don't think of that a lot. But Jesus experienced, you know, sadness and joy and rejection and loneliness uh, as a human. I mean, I love what it says in Hebrews, it says we, we can approach God. A God that that knows what we're going through, not not just as God, not like just out there, like like he's he's he knows, he has compassion on us. That's pretty amazing if you learn that, if you get that. And and if and if it just stopped there, if it was just God came into our neighborhood and and kind of expressed solidarity with our human condition and, and loved us enough to just you know be there with us, that would be amazing. But He didn't stop there. He actually went to the cross and. He destroyed every barrier that would separate us from Christ, that, that we could actually be in relationship with God. So unlike these other religions where um, there's no contact between the divine and, and, and human beings, the reality of Christ is that anybody, no matter how disgusting you are, or matter, no matter how much you hate yourself, no matter what people have told you your whole life, no matter if you've got money or if you're poor, there's no barriers. None of that stuff counts. If you can just believe that Jesus loves you, you're in. You're in relationship right there. That's otherwise referred to as, as the good news. I want to look at four barriers for us t- to respond to God, and then we're going to try some time of responding to God together tonight. But um, Now, I think the, the biggest barrier, at least that I've encountered, is shame biggest barrier to encountering God have you ever felt like you you hear that that God loves you and you think yeah but (laughs) I mean how could he love me I mean I I really screwed up this week I mean I remember my first couple of years as a Christian well probably more than a couple but I remember intensely my first couple of years as a Christian I I really thought that you know it was really contingent upon me reading this many chapters of the Bible a day, me spending this much time, me doing this and this and this. And it's like every time the doors of the church were open, and I was going to a church where they was open a lot, uh, you know, I had to be there because that made God happy. And, and I felt like any time I screwed up, man, and, I, I, dude, I was fresh out of all kinds of stupidity in my life. I was f- fresh out of these things. And, and when these struggles would pop back up, and they popped back up a lot, if I would give in. I would just, I i felt like I couldn't come around God. I don't know if you ever felt that way, but I, it, it's kind of silly now when I think about it, but I'd actually, sometimes, like, I'd screw up, and I wouldn't read my Bible for a few days. I wouldn't pray. I wouldn't want to sing a worship song. Like, I was like, I better stay away from God. <laughs> like, you know, kind of like Adam, hiding in the bushes, like, like, like you can hide from God. That's silly. And, you know, I've learned over the years that, you know, it's the very shame that isolates you from god which it's the very which is the very thing you need in your life if you're ever going to have self control or or joy or peace or anything that's going to going to um help you so i think our shame that's one of our biggest barriers when it comes to god god loves us but uh we don't feel like we deserve to have a relationship well let me tell you something you don't deserve it on your own but part of part of getting it is because of what jesus did so it's 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 not it's not you it's Jesus. Secondly, is second barrier is we try to appease, appease God rather than graciously receiving. We show up and and we're just trying to trying to get God off our back or, or you know trying to get him on our side and trying to appease him, and that's not a relationship. Like like husbands, wives. If uh, if you know your wife gets the the feeling that you're just Um, doing the dishes and taking out the trash so you can just go hang out with your friends, is that much of a relationship? Is that something that endears you? Like, you know, if if you're just trying to do the minimal thing you can just to get your wife on your side so you can get what you want, is that a relationship?
0: No. This means no. Um,
1: (laughs) I, I guess it technically is a relationship, but it's not kind of the relationship that you want. What's up, dude? Um. <laughs> and the last, the last barrier that I see over and over when it comes to worshiping God is we try to pay God back for His goodness. You know, this thing isn't something we deserve. And it's nothing we can ever pay for. I mean, basically, you and I are bankrupt apart from God. We don't bring anything to the table. I mean, we really don't. It's not like God benefits a lot. He benefits because He loves us and He want, he, he He wants to be in relationship with us. But we we don't add anything to God. And so, some of us have a problem with receiving, don't we? You ever you ever have a problem when somebody gives you something and you feel like, God, you know, I be, I better buy them something. At least as good, if not better, and then if you buy them something better and they got that problem, then you've got this escalating thing that just goes back and forth, and then pretty soon you're 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 in debt on credit cards because you can't keep up, but we have this problem with receiving god's love, you know like we feel like it's too good to be true, and then when we start believing, we feel like oh man i I gotta pay him back sometimes. well, you know you've heard that uh phrase how can you what do you get the guy that has everything?" <laughs> You, you can't pay him back. And the sooner that we realize this, the sooner that we realize it's, it's just God just loves us. And we can either turn our noses up at that and not believe it, or we can believe that and receive it. The sooner we believe that, it will begin to change us into the kind of people that love. The sooner that we believe that. And see, ultimately, I think that's what the core of worship is about. We're singing these songs here. You know, you can sing these songs from whatever motivation in your life just the way you can sing a lot of songs on the radio. You know, you can sing uh, So Beautiful, No Name Is Higher. You can sing that from a place of trying to appease God. You can sing that from a place of trying to get God off your back. Or you can even sing it kind of disconnected from your heart. Like, I'm singing these words with my lips, but I'm really too ashamed to to let him know what's going on in the inside. You can sing it from that place. Or you could sing it from a place of belief and, and receiving God and say, God, you know, I kicked the dog on my way out tonight because I was mad at my wife. My kid was aggravating me tonight, and I just chewed him out because I was too busy checking Facebook. You know, I I just. So, all I know I hit some people with that. (laughs) 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 And and you feel like, man, I I, and I've noticed this tendency with, with it seems like couples on the way to church. It seems like that's usually the time you get in your biggest fight, you know that's why I try to show up at church like six hours early and start working on things. (laughs) So I got a little distance, (laughs) uh, but you, you you know, we feel so bummed out sometimes about ourselves when we come around God and we just like, you know, I'm just, I'm a mess. But the sooner we can just get over ourselves (laughs) and just say, God, (laughs) I believe the good news. I believe that you love me and, and that that you, you like me, like you really like me, like, and, and, and you got good things for me. And, uh, God, I just open up my hands, I open up my heart, and, uh, and I receive that. I respond to your love. See, worship is just our response. It's our response to the truth. And how that looks for you, you know, there's all kinds of different ways you may worship. You may worship sitting there in your chair tonight. You may worship singing. You may see people that put their hands up in the air and you don't know what the heck that is. Uh, they're just surrendering to God and saying, God, you're, you're, you're bigger than me. And, uh, but however you do that, do that. Because that's the main thing. Whatever it looks like for you individually, not a big deal. But the big deal is that we respond to God because that's what he's after. God loved us enough, and there's a lot of people that won't believe that. So is it okay tonight if we just kind of close by worshiping together again?